Welcome to It Came From A Podcast, episode 15. It's August 15, 2015, and that is a coincidence. And today, we're talking about Dota 2, Star Wars toys, Powerless, Disney's D23 Expo, and as always, much, much more. Once again, you're listening to a came from a podcast where we curate pop culture for your inner geek. Thank you so much for listening. And I am Sergio. I am. And yeah, that is Ricky Kasdan. That's his voice right there. What's up? So uh, Fallout Shelter. Have you been playing that, Ricky? I told you to. So you I'm did. hoping you did your homework. I played it and you're not going to like what I have to say about it. You, you, did your, your, your fellow vault vaultees die? It's yeah, some of them did. It's cool. It's a really cool game. Um, it's one of those games that I played once for about an hour and a half, uh, maybe two hours, and I probably will never turn on again just because I don't know. I just I don't I didn't I don't see myself sticking with it for too long. There's only so much you can do. I know it's supposed to be a simple game, but it didn't really catch my attention the way that I think it caught yours. Well, it makes more money than what's that one game with like Candy Crush? Oh, does it? It makes more money than that game. It generates more revenue than that. Um, and I, I, the reason I'll say this, I like it because not only am I, am I a Fallout fan, but it lets me work while I play it. So in other words, I'm working. Okay, so quick break. Five, let's, less than a minute. Look at what's going on. Tap, tap. Done. Move on. Work. And then, you know, maybe 20 minutes later, okay, let's see, you know? So it's almost like having, like, a little anthill. Like, not an anthill, an ant, an ant farm or something right in yeah, front of you that's, like, like, you can uh, interact with. It's basically, for those who aren't aware, the, the whole premise of the game is you get to basically manage your own vault um, during the apocalypse and the Fallout world. And you have you can build rooms and you can assign the people living in your vault to work in, in your vault to work in certain rooms or go outside and explore to get resources and... And it's basically like a, the Sims kind of a mobile yeah. version of the Sims in like the Fallout universe. Yeah. So it's just a really fun, simple game. Now, I will say I like how they made it so it doesn't feel like um, Angry Birds 2 or Plants vs. Zombies 2, where, you know, you feel like there's nothing you can do unless you buy something to help you. Right. There are moments when you may feel that way, like any other game, because that's the whole point. They want you to buy a $99, a $0.99, a $0.99 cents box, like lunchbox. But, you know, I never felt like I had to. Like I personally, I worked my way through it in a way that I was like, oh, I can do this. I do like the graphics of the game. They're pretty, they're pretty well done. Yeah, they, I'm surprised that there's no lag, because, I mean, I have a really big like vault right now and there's like no lag moving around so right, but i think right. it's definitely worth checking out if you're into to fallout especially because um you'll get that kind of like this will this will ease you into fallout 4 when it's released later on this year so we're gonna move over to toys and games because who would we be without our toys and our games we'd be adults mere mortals mere <laughs> mortals dota 2 the international so 
last week on August 8th, five gamers won a Dota 2 match for a bit over six million dollars. Uh, I can't I can't say that in normal in a normal tone because it just blows my mind. And that is from a prize pool of 18 million. I definitely went into the wrong profession. I should have that is pocket change. Yeah. I mean, even if you tried, I mean, there's people out there who dedicate like their lives to like, I'm going to be a gamer, a professional gamer. And some just can't do it. I mean, there's, you know, there's just some things that are just tough, you know. Um, Evil Geniuses beat Underdog CDEC. And those are the two teams, by the way. They beat them three to one. And each match was extremely exciting to watch. And I mean, not just these matches, but the entire international was really, really fun. It's why I love MOBA so much, because you can actually it's, it can be a spectator sport. You know, like you can just watch this and it's just so much fun. Even if you don't know what it is, I can walk you through it and you'll be excited. I, I don't like playing it, playing them, but I will say. Watching them, it almost feels like you're watching a sport in a really weird way. Um, yeah, I would even go as far to say as that they're more interesting to watch than they are to play. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, it depends. If you don't play them, of course it is. If you play them, it makes you want to play at that at their level. Now, one thing um, that you have to keep in mind, too, is although EG, Evil Geniuses, they are American, by the way. I was sort of surprised that uh, Americans beat the Chinese in this, in, this, in this specific situation just because CDEC were a wild card. So they fought themselves into this tournament, and they really deserved, I mean, they deserved second place at least. Because I honestly thought they would take it all, which would have been amazing for a wild card. Right. Someone who wasn't even invited, you know, t- directly to the t- uh, to the to high ranks. But, um, yeah, so they got to second place, and they're going home with at least around under $3 million. So that's still something. But, uh, right, wow, right. you know, those games are amazing. Uh, nonetheless, breaking records for, for esports around the world. And I'm excited about that. So September 4th, Force Friday is almost upon us, and that's when we're getting access to all the cool new exclusive merchandise for The Force Awakens. But because the internet, we've already gotten some leaked images of the action figures from the movies. It's reported that they may or may not have been sold at Walmart. So Walmart is, uh, is, is slipping a little bit, if that's the case. I mean, that's a good thing for me. I love when they do that. (laughs) <laughs> I got um, the Legend but, of Zelda on, on 3DS, like, I think a week early or something. Well, I mean, these, these figures, so the, the, the action figures are 3.75 inches. The, they're going to have a retail value of $9.99. And, I mean, they're already on eBay for, like, 100 bucks a pop. And there's even one seller who has the whole collection for 500 bucks. So, I mean, somebody at Walmart is getting in a lot of trouble. I mean, I mean, it makes perfect sense to be in the eBay business, and by that I mean people who whose full time job is to buy and resell things. I uh, that's like such a great time for this. You know what though? I have this like moral thing where I, 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 I'm really against the the selling the reselling of of of, of toys only because I've 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 been in the position where I've been super like I've been screwed out of being able to buy something because of a treasure hunter in front of me who is just buying things in bulk to resell online so i have i have a huge like moral thing against people who do that but that's that's another discussion i guess my thing is don't buy to resell right away like you know if you're a collector and crap there's a bad time coming along and you have to sell okay okay. 
That's okay. But when you're buying just to resell for like 300% of the original price kind of thing, yeah. yeah. No one likes those people, dude. Yeah. Like, that's a, a very common type of hatred it's, that people it's, have. It's, it's a sign of greed that I am not cool with. Yeah. But, um... But going but, back um, to the, going back to these figures, hmm. these are the ones that we saw in the leaked images. We saw figures of Ray Finn, Kylo Ren, Poe Dameron, Captain Phasma, a First Order Flame Trooper and Stormtrooper, a Resistance Fighter, and a First Order Tie Pilot. And this is what I love about the, the the toys. We also have a figure for a new character called Constable Zuvio, who, who we know absolutely nothing about. We know he's an alien, and he's wearing like a bounty hunter style type of mask. He has to be somebody kind of important if he's getting a figure. But this is what I love of about course. Star Wars, how they're actually released information through like something like a toy that we've never seen before. Well, uh, people do this through games as well. Sometimes they'll release the game a few months or, you know, way longer before the movie releases. Right. And you get all this info through the game that you wouldn't otherwise. Right. Right. No, yeah. It's And it just it makes it, it it's it's even more of an incentive to go out and buy these toys. And um and we're also getting uh, an original trilogy figure for Vader and for Luke Skywalker with the Force Awakens packaging on them. So even though I already have like a million and one of these figures for Vader and Luke Skywalker, I'll probably buy these new ones because they have the packaging on them. And I'm, well, the, I'm that kind thing, of guy. Yeah, no, of course. I would be too if I already <laughs> had them, but I, I don't, so I'm broke. Um, I will say, though, that they have some awesome-looking little weapons that come with mm-hmm. each character. And the point being, if you collect the set, those little weapons or whatever they are come together to form what looks like a wrist weapon. Did you see that? Uh, I did not see that. So let's say it's one of the characters comes with this little piece and the other one with this piece. You put all the pieces together and you can it's like a wearable little weapon or something. That's a toy. That's and cool. and you know what? I love when people do that. I, I have some He-Mans that it's like six different sets and you put them together. and You can form Castle Grayskull. So that kind of stuff I'm a sucker for. And um, so I, I'm excited about that. I, w- I want to get them your, just for that reason. What's your fa- out of the, the images? My favorite one is, dude, the Kylo Ren figure looks bad. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, dude, of course. I mean, the thing is, the normal looking human looking ones always look dull in comparison look, to the ones I, who are in awesome I, suits. I feel like they, I, I, maybe it's just the nature of the suit itself, what he's wearing, but I feel like they almost went more out of their way to design that figure than the rest of them because it's like it's perfect that figure yeah, it's i can't wait for that i think yeah. that's gonna be the, the highlight of that for series sure. i'm gonna buy i'm definitely buying two kylo ren's one to take out of the box and one to keep in the box all right and i won't tell your wife so capcom's remade just about every old resident evil game except my favorite which is two my i actually do well. like two i my i love two well. Uh, That's the first one I think I ever played. Uh, And, well, that's no longer the case. The idea was pitched, and now, ladies and gents, it's official. This week, in a video on the official Resident Evil YouTube page, Capcom's RE producer, Yoshiaki Hirabashi, I hope I said that right, because I always worry, and said that an HD remaster is now officially approved. I am an extremely happy gamer right now. I can't wait. And once it's out, I will be live streaming that through a surprise, which I will not bring up until it happens. Oh, ooh, I, I may ooh. know what you're talking about. Rising Thunder. Have you played this, Ricky? Because I told you to install it. I'm going to lie to you and say that I have played it. Great game, dude. Well, hold on. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Let me. Little story here. You set me up for failure. You're like, hey, go download this game and play it. 
I will, I'm, you, you always tell me that kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And I never actually do it. I actually went to go check this one out. And I was like, wow, this looks really, really cool. I'm actually going to download and play this one. I go to download it. Guess what, Sergio? It's only for Windows. You set me up for failure. So I didn't know that. And it's not my fault. But <laughs> that's their fault completely. They should just be doing this on Steam, which I'm upset about, by the way. I, it felt archaic to have to install the program using an exe instead yeah. of installing through steam you know which is sort of weird but um so look rising thunder is a fighting game all right so if you like any kind of fighting game like i do you'll try it out at least once it's free to play right now it's an open beta and pretty much think of it like street fighter meets super smash brothers but not as crazy as super smash brothers the idea is from um, longtime fighting game player Seth Killian. And this guy wanted to make something where anyone can just press a button and it'll do, you know, like a special, right? Idea right. being that, you know, some people, the pros, nail their special or combos with the right weight movement of the joystick and the right button press, et cetera, right? And it's a pain in the butt for people who just want to play a game and have fun and not have to go through the learning curve, right? So I understand that, but what they did is they simplified it so it still has that kind of hardcore nature where you can be good at it. So really quick, um, fun gameplay, and I think it's definitely worth checking out and helping out with the beta. So, you know, Kid Robot. Kid Robot, yeah. Kid Robot, Kid Robot news. We talk, I mean, we talk about them every episode, guys. You guys know yeah, about We're Kid still Robot not better. sponsored, but we're working on it. We, ha we sent some letters, physical letters. Like, you know, those still exist. But uh, Kid Robot leaked Looney Tunes, and I love Looney Tunes. I'm a big Looney Tunes what, what, fan. What, what kid who grew up in the 90s doesn't love Looney Tunes? Um, everyone did. It's just Absolutely. so violent when you see it now. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah so uh, uh, Elmer Fudd running around hunting rabbits? Come on, it's, 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 pretty, yeah. it's pretty violent. I didn't realize how violent that was until way yeah, older. It's as violent as it gets for a TV yeah. show. Yeah. Um, Kid Robot announced the Looney Tunes full lineup, and I saw how it looks, and it looks awesome. They had a 7-inch um, Tweety as well, and it looks awesome. And the full lineup looks awesome. Will I be collecting it? I don't think my wallet will agree with anything that's coming out from Kid Robot at this point after San Diego Comic-Con. But we'll see. But if you like Looney Tunes and you're looking for awesome vinyl toys, well, now you have a reason to be excited over that because... That's going to be great. That's all, folks. So we have some Hearthstone news, but it's sort of a quick recap because we don't want to do too much once we have our special out for the Grand Tournament, which should be releasing in the next week or two. Hopefully the next week. That'd be pretty exciting. And um, this week they had a live stream revealing all of the cards, or if not a majority, I'd say pretty at this point, 98 or 99 percent of all the cards they should all be out now. And I am pretty excited, except for the fact that hunters seem to be getting a lot of goodies that I am upset about. Because I don't want to play face hunt. I don't want to I don't want to do that, Ricky. I don't. Uh Hunters is the way to go. That's my favorite. When I played, I was I was all about the hunter man. No all man. Face hunter. hunters, dude, people hate them for a reason, and that's why people play them, because they hate it's, them. It's it's good to be hated. They hate us because they ain't us. Okay, you need to you need to relax. <laughs> Um, they released all their cards, so it's definitely worth checking out. In the show notes, we'll have that link for you there so you can explore and, you know, cry about how much money you're going to spend on all those cards. 
All right, folks, it is time for Thing of the Week. 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 Ricky, what's your Thing of the Week? My Thing of the Week is artist Marco Manev has a new series of prints based on the Star Wars universe. They're being sold throughout the through the bottleneck gallery. Uh, they are very clean, crisp, and moody, and feature characters Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine, or Shiv, as he's now known, um, C-3PO, R2-D2, Han Solo, and Chewie, all in iconic poses and locations. You're looking at them from afar, and the characters are all in silhouette, and they're individual yeah, I, prints. I saw that. They look great. But the world behind them has like a very like ethereal quality to it. They're really, really beautiful prints. Um... They all they all went on sale yesterday, Friday, August fourteenth at twelve p.m. Eastern on Bottleneck Gallery. And guess what? They're all sold out. So, eBay, uh, the thirteen by nine uh, prints below were numbered out of uh, <laughs> below in the show notes were numbered out of an edition of one hundred twenty-five and went on sale for thirty-five dollars each. There were also noir uh, noir variants, and they were numbered out of an edition of fifty. If you're at D twenty-three. Uh, you can pick them up at the ACME booth, but there's probably none left, so eBay. Good job. Good job selling it to the resellers, Ricky. That's what you're doing. <laughs> I know. You're supporting the resellers right now. I know. I'm a hypocrite. That's how it works, though. Way of the world, dude. Anyways, <laughs> my thing also has to do with the art world, and it is the Mattel X Gallery 1988 Art Tribute Show, curated by Dave Perillo. Um, it's in L.A., and it starts tonight. Well, actually, no, yesterday it started at 7 p.m., and it runs until September 5th. So you definitely have some time to go check that out, and it's completely worth it. It features over 20 extremely talented, many which I look up to, artists such as Tom Whalen, Matt Koffenberg, Glenn Brogan, uh, the curator himself, Dave Perillo, which, by the way, I did a, uh, an untubing on. It came from a box, in case you haven't seen that, of one of his Simpsons horror um Treehouse of Horror Prince, which is really definitely dope. worth watching if you really want to see print. what it is. You should yeah. put the link. You should put the link to that video in the show notes. It is. It's already in the show notes. It's already in the Beautiful. show notes. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, so they've all created these pieces dedicated to 70 years of iconic Mattel toys, which a lot of us grew up with, whether we knew it or not, or even or you know even around. Um, from what they've shown online, they have. Uh, some He-Man and Masters of the Universe, of course, big fan of that. Back to the Future, Muscle Men, Dino Riders, all kinds of stuff. Um, really, really worth worth um, checking out, and I can't wait to see this. Um, only wish I was there in person because that's the kind of thing I I'd love to watch. I'm just stand in front of for like 20 minutes and say, "What is this piece saying to me?" That kind of stuff. What does it What does it mean? Um, but here's hoping they put some prints for sale. This here is Daisy Domergue. She's wanted dead or alive for murder. When that sun comes out, I'm taking this woman to hang. We got a teaser trailer for Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight, whose cast includes Kurt Russell, Sam Jackson, and Eric Roth. I mean, Sergio, you saw it. It looks like classic Tarantino. Um, yeah. For some reason, though, I got like a 12 Angry Men vibe with all these people just locked in a, in a saloon in this town of Red Rock. Trying to ride out a storm, Kurt Russell plays a bounty hunter who has a fugitive, her name is Daisy, captive, and he's taking her to hang. Um, they get caught in this huge storm, so they have to go and ride it out, and he, you see it in the trailer, he goes in and he wants to make sure no one is going to interfere with 
him taking her to get, um, turning her in to get hung. So, um, you're gonna have your crazy Tarantino hijinks, your Mexican yeah. standoffs, your, um, I, I'm excited. I love Quentin Tarantino. He's one the of the only reasons thing- I- so to me, it seems like this yeah. is one of those movies that can be ended on the spot with someone just pulling the trigger already. There's so much. It seems that there's so much like who's going to kill me? Who's going to try it? But it's like just shoot him and he's dead. He can't but do anything. That's that's part of I think that's part of the fun of some of these of movies. Like, like, you know, you know that that there is always going to be an easy solution. But the fact that they don't take it and they they they, they go around in circles and they come to all these different conclusions through these different ways like that's part of the fun of the Tarantino movies um yeah and I dude I I'm I'm stoked for it I uh he's one of the reasons I got into filmmaking and I and the fact that uh, the annual Morricone the composer's working on the score is like huge this is a western and this guy is a western legend he wrote the the music for the man with no name trilogy um which is a a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more the good the bad and the ugly they're among my favorite uh Westerns of all time. So the fact that they have somebody like this on board makes me even more on board for this movie. Yeah, um, it looks great. You know, I don't think there's a single thing about it that makes me say uh, I don't want to watch it because it looks extremely tense and exciting. And it has all those things you expect from a a Tarantino movie. I hope that his his last couple of movies have had a lot of humor in them, like more so than, than usual. I hope that this movie kind of continues that that humor that he's been infusing into his movies as of late because it's really really fun to see especially with other people on like when you're seeing it in theaters people go crazy during like all of his jokes and stuff so I'm, I'm really excited for that yeah I can't wait Sergio HBO is developing a show a reimagining of one of your favorite movies Westworld, Westworld. so it's a uh, the show's based on the Michael Crean movie from 1976 which starred Ewell Brenner we finally got a look at the reimagining starring Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sergio, since this, this, this is one of your favorite movies originally, what do you think of this teaser that we saw? So, you know, I, I will say it's very weird to see, you know, when I think Westworld, I think of that 70s style filmmaking, you know, right. like that kind of it's very iconic to me. Um, but then I can I see this new kind of like very shiny and bright cinematography mm-hmm. and looks weirdish. Um, it's slick, and, which, you know, which which it wasn't. They weren't like that in the seventies, you know. It's, it's exactly yeah. yeah. It's a very clean, nice version of it. Um, I don't get any kind of vibe from the original Westworld, of course, because it's just a teaser, though. So I'm I'm very excited about Maybe it. I will say from, that from the new, not from the original, from the new one. From the from the new one, yeah. The new right. one has this whole kind of like the the robots are much more robotic than the the corny "I am a robot" kind of vibe from the seventies. Right, right, right. So you know, I'm excited though because I feel like it's a really interesting premise, and um, I'm surprised no one tried to remake that already. So. The, the new show, the HBO show, it was created by Jonathan Nolan, who's Christopher Nolan's brother, and he is re- responsible for writing Nolan's Batman trilogy, and one of the producers is J.J. Abrams, so it's bound to be good. NBC has given a pilot production commitment to a new show called Powerless, set in the DC universe, and it's being described as The Office plus Powers. Powerless is set in the DC Comics universe full of superheroes and supervillains and uh, and all manner of superpowered beings in between. However, our leads will be powerless everyday people toiling away at one of the worst insurance companies in America 
while envying the superpowered superstars outside their windows. That's all. That's from the show description. Um, what do you think of that description, Sergio? I, I mean, what's the difference between this and The Office, except for them admitting that there's like superheroes outside? That, that's that's what it is. And there's, it's not just The Office. There's a couple of shows out that are like The Office now. Even the Muppets, the new Muppet show, is going The Office, The Office route. But this is a, like a dream come true for me. Um, I uh, I love documentary style comedy, such as The Office and Parks and Recreation. So I'm I'm really really stoked. And you know. Like we've seen with Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man, there's a lot of comedic territory that can be explored in, in a world full of superheroes, especially when you're like juxtaposing them against regular people with no powers, and they kind of ha- have to deal with being ordinary and having all these people around them do amazing things while they're stuck in an office, in a cubicle, working on insurance stuff. It definitely has crazy amounts of potential, because I feel like that's something that would sort of be more realistic like if we knew superheroes existed we would either be very jealous or constantly annoyed by them or you know something like that so i hope they play with that there's a really good uh there's a really good comic book series called powers by brian michael bendis who also wrote ultimate spider-man and writes guardians of the galaxy um and actually sony turned it into their first original show for the ps4 and it's kind of a similar premise where you have this world full of powers but the majority uh they call them powers in the comic. Uh, people with ordinary with superhero abilities, and you have like the regular schmoes just kind of having to deal with being ordinary. Obviously, this has more of a comedic tone, but I, I do like the idea of the regular people having to deal with people doing amazing things and them being powerless. Hence the name of the show. But um, this is in the DC universe. They've said it's in the DC universe. So, do you think we'll be seeing any DC hero cameos or DC characters in like cameo in the show? I mean, I I can sort of guess that they do something where it's like, this is the worst day ever. And then like Supergirl just smashes into (laughs) their building and destroys everything or something like that. You know, something like that would make sense. As for like a full tie in, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see like an undercover like superhero or one of them is a superhero and he's like just making fun of superheroes with them or something, you know, something like that would be funny. And and this is also heavily based on the cast. You know, their cast is so important to see. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of, um, I think the cameos will come in the form of more like Easter eggs. Like, like we'll hear events that maybe we'll hear a, me- they'll, they'll probably never say the name Superman or, but we'll hear a mention of something happened that will be like, you can tell with Superman and Metropolis fighting. So I, I think we'll, there'll be stuff happening in the background that we'll hear about. As for the actual DC cameos, if we do, I think it'll be, if we do see them, it'll be very secondary, uh, third tier kind of characters. I don't think we'll see any major characters. Um, but I'm kind of okay with that because I, I, based off the premise alone, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be fun. I hope it gets a full show order as well. And not just Yeah, let's, let's hope so, yeah. So Chadwick Boseman. Bose, Boseman. Boseman. In his Black Panther suit leaked this week, and he looks a, a little weird. Uh, you definitely get that Batman vibe, of course, but, you know, he is pretty much the Batman of, Mar- of Marvel. Uh, but to me... I don't know. Set picks always look weird because sometimes you see them in in between takes. So they're very casual and it's just funny to see in one of them. He has like this superhero wedgie because he's on a wire. You know, he's on a wire. Um, he's on wires scaling a building. And uh, does this get you hyped for the movie? First of all, he's only the Batman of Marvel, maybe visually, but character wise, he's nothing like Batman. 
So well, dude, he's a rich guy that has like these this awesome suit and tech. No, but he's not really a rich guy. He's he's a he's he's a king. Of, so of that a, makes him rich of a country. Yeah, it's not like Batman though. <laughs> that makes, uh, well, you can't tell me they don't look alike. Uh, just because they're, they're they're they both have black suits, but black suits um, with ears. <laughs> I um, you know, I don't think his suit matters that much in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not like Super uh, Spider Man that has a, a super iconic suit. I don't think people are gonna care either way what his suit looks like. Um, well, this is the first time we're seeing him, but yeah. it looks just like the comics. It's gonna, yeah, like, it even I, has that kind of necklace looking chest piece and i think it's gonna look even better like because what we saw is 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 the, on the onset picks when we actually seen in the movie without the wires i think it's gonna look a lot better it looks a little more which, which marvel's done a really good job um it looks a little more tactical than the version in the comics which which is fine because it makes sense in a real world kind of setting the same the same thing they did with the the Captain America suit. So I like that there's a little bit more of a tactical approach to it, but you still keep the essence of the suit from the comics. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm excited cause I think it looks good. Um, it looks funny in those pictures, of course. Cause then again, you know, there's a lot of post-processing that goes on in the world. Um, but, uh, I do feel horrible for the person who's going to have to like paint out those wires as someone who had to do that once, not for an actual movie or anything, but I know what it is and I, I feel your pain, but I do feel this was a misstep in Marvel's part though. I feel like if they knew that they were going to shoot outside and they were probably going to be spy pictures, they probably should have released an official image of uh, Bozeman in the suit before filming. That I wouldn't scene. be surprised if they end up doing that themselves because Marvel has, Marvel is way better with this stuff because if someone leaks something, they'll officially leak it themselves eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. so people don't end up seeing a crappy looking picture and associating it with that. I, so, so I'm I, hoping I, they will. Yeah, I think maybe. I mean, D23 is going on right now, um, so we. I think we may be seeing an official image of the suit soon. Yeah. So let's let's see if they do them justice in Captain America: Civil War, which hits theaters in May 2016. So you did bring up uh, D23, and for those who don't know, that D23 is a club in Miami, and pretty much it's like <laughs> where they have a bunch of, you know, Disney-styled, it gets a little sexy, but let's not, but the D23 what that we're talking about is Disney's D23 Expo, and it's taking place right now, right, like, right, can you hear it? I can, can you hear, hear I can it? hear It's a Small World playing in the background. Well, I don't know if they would actually have that. That'd be torture. So that's today, August 14th until the 16th. And next week, we'll talk about all the details revealed. But we did get a look at some of the movie posters and displays, which bring us, uh, that brings us to our segment, Nay or Yay and Why D23 Teasers. You ready for this? Are you ready? Um, This is my favorite segment. I'm ready for this. All right. So Finding Dory. Yay. Why? Because Pixar. And okay, so that's Pixar. a horrible, horrible why, first off. <laughs> no, um, Ellen DeGeneres is one of my favorite people in the world. Um, I think she's an amazing human being. I think she's hilarious. And the fact that she's back to voice story, I am super excited about just hearing Ellen's voice on screen again. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'm also on Yay, just because I do love Dory. And that's as simple as that. <laughs> Incredibles 2. Uh, yay. The first one was amazing. And just exploring the non-glamorous side of superhero of superheroes' lives 
was such a cool concept, and Brad Bird did an amazing job with the original. I am so excited to revisit these characters um, a couple of years later. I hope that the kids are a little bit older, a little bit wiser, and a little bit more used to the superhero life. So I'm I'm totally for it. Dude, your wives are killing me, man. That's like two hours. Why? <laughs> you you okay, originally so hated I'll my wives, so done. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go all out now. I'll show you why. Yay, Brad Bird, Fantastic Four. Boom. See that? Get it? <laughs> Fantastic Four. That's Incredibles is the Fantastic Four done right. So, Toy Story Four. I'm on the fence about this one, so I'm not gonna say yeah or nay, and I will tell you why. Uh, Toy Story Three, such an amazing. An emotional conclusion to the trilogy. I'm a little weary of another movie not being as good and kind of tainting the legacy a little bit. I think that's this is money talking at this point. Uh, for me, it's a yay because I have a daughter that I want to go see this with. And I guess it's, it's exciting to say they're going to be able to see Toy Story in the theaters kind of thing. So um, it's pretty much Woody and Bo Peep and a love story. So I don't know if it's going to be rated R, but if it is, I can't take Riley. But, um, you <laughs> know, Toy Story has been constantly expanding through two little mini series as well. One that was like a Halloween special mm-hmm. and one that's like a dinosaur special that just released. And so they do want to play with it a lot but I'll, I'll say this tim allen tom hanks um I, i'm down so yay on my end cool, cool. moana i hope i said that right <laughs> i'm always hoping i say things right um yeah uh, it's i love new i love new pixar properties um they always they're really good with original stories so uh people might not know what moana's about so give them a little a, a little a little know-how on, on what moana's kind of about so really quick, I have to correct you. It's it's yay, not yeah. All right, it's not, not nay or yeah. So just <laughs> get get it right, get it tight. All right, um, Moana. It's an ancient South Pacific world. Uh, this is dude. This is this has been killing me. I don't know what this world's name is. It's either Oceania, Oceania, Oceania. It's, it's one of those three or five. There's Oceania, <laughs> Oceania. I think it's so, I think it's I think it's Oceania. Oh no, maybe not. No. I don't Oceania. know. Oceania, Oceania yeah. is what I'm going with. Oceania. So anyways, it's um it's in that kind of setting, it's in an open ocean and it gives me that kind of wind waker kind of style. And you know, there's a girl who teams up with a demon god, Maui, because you know, that's that's what it's going to be. But listen, I I love the new stories they come up with. I think they're definitely what I expect from Pixar to be, like, you know, originals. Not all these sequels that are a little crazy. But um, on my end, it's a, a big yay. New property, yay. Zootopia. Yay. So detective story with animals. You have Jason Bateman, Jennifer Goodwin, and Alan Tudyk in the voice cast. On board 100%. Uh, it's going to be fun. Um, yay, because I'm hoping for like Maltese Falcon with, with Pixar. That, I think, sounds extremely exciting. <laughs> Let's hope for that. So, yay. Uh, and then, finally, the best for last, Cars 3. Nay. I absolutely Are you hate, kidding me, dude? I hate the Cars franchise. Are you kidding? Are you being serious I right now? I'm told, I told... Those movies do not belong on the Pixar slate. I, I just... I, I never got on board with Cars. Well, if you're not kidding, then I am because it's a big nay. Um, you know what? I don't know how this thing survived a sequel in the first place. For real. The first like, one, I, I saw the first one. I was like, okay, this is as mediocre as it gets, right? 
Yeah. Very simple. I the second one, I I don't I mean I, I'm sure I saw it, but come on now. Like I know kids love cars, but they don't love random generic cars with faces. They love like Hot Wheels, you know. Like, that's, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how this is still going, man. And you're killing me with the amount of sequels. Listen, I love The Incredibles. I love um, Finding Nemo. I love like all your stories. But when you have like up to four now, Toy Story four now, come on. I'm, I don't know. But either way, that's if you think about it, we talked about six different new movies like from Pixar and we yayed like four of them. So, I mean, like five of them, five out of six. Yeah. And I will say this. It's not it's not Pixar, but it is an original property. They also announced a movie called Gigantic, which is from Disney Animation. And it's supposed to be based on Jack and the Beanstalk. Um, and I'm pretty excited for that because that's an awesome story. And. Seeing Disney take on it, it's going to be awesome. So I'm going to well, get yeah, that actually, one. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I don't know if Moana is Pixar. I think Moana is an, uh, a Disney, too. Disney animation? But let's be honest. Who owns Pixar? Disney, yeah. I mean, it's all Let's just say Disney. Let's just say Disney. It's all but the fan. I will say I'm getting like a Pocahontas vibe from Moana. I think so, too. But we'll see. I think so, too. An unfinished story by J.R.R. Tolkien that ties into the Lord of the Rings universe is set to be published on August 27th. It's called The Story of Cuervo, and it's based on the Finnish poem called Kalevala. This is the description of the story according to Amazon. Brought up in the homestead of the dark magician Untamo, who killed his father, kidnapped his mother, and who tries three times to kill him when still a boy, Cuervo is alone save for the love of his twin sister, Winona and guarded by the magical powers of the black dog, Musty. When Cuervo is sold into slavery, he swears revenge on the magician, but he will learn that even at the point of vengeance, there is no escape from the cruelest of fates. Now, Tolkien himself said that the story of Cuervo was, and I quote, the germ of my attempt to write legends of my own, and it was a major matter in Legends of the First Age. Uh, so Tolkien's Cuervo is an ancestor, most likely, of Turin Tarambor, who is the hero from another one of Tolkien's stories set in the Lord of the Rings universe called the Cimmerillion. Um, this is going to be a must-read for any Tolkien fan, obviously because it's of its connection to the Lord of the Rings universe, and it really led to the creation of the universe itself from what Tolkien said, so I can't wait to read this. You know, what's funny is that I'll most likely read it as well, but I, I want to go into the morals of this and how it almost feels like a violation mm -hmm. to go into the work of someone who's deceased and say, oh, look, this is all the stuff he didn't want to publish. Let's publish it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm it's weird because you want to know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, but I'm, it's I'm like torn. a violation of because, like. Because then, so, then you go into it. What? You have to go into the reasons. Maybe he did want it published. He just never got around to it because he got caught up in something else. So. You'll never, we'll never actually know, I guess, um, what his reasons for not publishing them were. But when you have somebody as iconic as that, you know, to go back and, and be able to see some of their more personal stories, and I say more personal because if they weren't released, they weren't released for for a reason. It, it's it's kind of cool, and, and I mean, you know that I'm a massive, I'm a massive Lord of the Rings fan. I have the, I have the inscription of the ring tattooed around my arm. Um, I I want to. Uh, just taking as much of the universe as possible so for me this is like a godsend so um, i'm super excited for it but yeah i'm excited because i i want to pick his brain i want to pick his dead brain because i think it's one worth picking that's morbid so sergio your favorite website in the world the verge released another oh, really no. cool video <laughs> another really cool video this week they recently visited ilmx lab 
Uh, for those who don't know, this is the Industrial Light and Magic's new media division, basically. Industrial Light and Magic, of course, uh, is a visual effects company owned by Lucasfilm, who they're responsible for all of the crazy special effects, basically, that we've seen from all of the big movies um, in, cinema, in, in cinema in the last 30 years. Uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, all of those. Um, they're working on augmented reality and virtual reality, and on the way that they can incorporate... Uh, these technologies into filmmaking as well as for consumption at home. One of the main people developing these new tech, this new tech at the lab is John Gaeta, who's the genius who came up with all of the new VFX technology for the Matrix movies, including Bullet Time, which completely re- revolutionized VFX. Um, in the video, you see some really cool stuff. They let the interviewer try out a lot of what they were working on, and using these really cool glasses, you see him interact with like a raptor and C-3PO and R2-D2 in a real-life environment. So it's like a mix of VR and AR, and the characters are being controlled in real time by someone in a motion capture uh, suit standing a couple feet away. The interviewer was also able to partake in the middle of a cinematic scene within the Star Wars universe through the use of the Oculus Rift headset. This was pretty cool because there was a story being told around him but we're able to move freely around the environment and explore as the story was taking place. So Sergio, as somebody with a huge visual effects background, how do you feel about these uh, new emerging technologies and what we've seen from ILMX uh, lab? So yeah, I saw I saw this. The C3PO and R2-D2, I saw that. Um, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me, and I'm extremely excited to see that you know ILM is embracing VR because I I don't know why it seems that a lot of people don't see it, but I can easily see a theater ten years from now being Absolutely. filled with VR headsets where Absolutely. you sit down in a seat and you can experience a movie where you're looking around. Let's say you're like imagine um, Mad Max. I'm saying that because I just got the copy of it and I'm watching it again. Um, imagine if you're in Mad Max in a VR headset and it feels like you're in the car during one of the nah, scenes absolutely and you know I, what i mean you can yeah. look around you can see the bad guys getting closer all those kind of things literally get you into the movie and what is the point of a movie it's to sort of you know make you like you're part of that experience like you're there with them experiencing what's going on so vr is just an enhanced version of that and, and i'm even, extremely excited about it you you can see in the video you can see what you're just talking about you can see it in the video they're in the middle of this this scene and they're just walking around and exploring as the story is unfolding around them and the cool thing was is that they can while they're in the middle of a scene in the scene exploring they can switch from the third person view to a first person view so you you even have options as to how you want to explore the world that you're in which is very cool yeah and like i said this is really big for vfx too though yeah because now look shooting this shooting a 360 view is going to be very difficult when you have a massive set, right? Because right. it'll reveal the set. In visual effects, or just movies in 3D, think Pixar, okay? This works out perfectly, because you can do that easily digitally. Like, you know, you don't have to worry about the set not looking the right way, because the entire environment is already there. And you don't have to worry about the director being in the back, or along with all the prod- uh, the, the, the crew and whatnot. And- it's funny that you bring that up, and I'll, I'll look it up for the next show. We can bring it up again. Um, I actually read an article recently. There's already a company that's actually developed a virtual reality movie. It's, a, it's an animation. It's a, it's a short. It's animated. It's computer animated. And, um, yeah, in, in the movie they were talking about, and you can, like, they have the story going on, and you can walk around and explore the world of this character. And the way that they did it was um, because it, you have to do things a little differently because if... 
if people are walking around and exploring, they might miss part of the story. So they actually drag uh, the space in between the major events of the story a little bit so that people have time to actually walk around and and explore without missing anything crucial. But yeah, it's yeah. going to be a lot easier with computer animated things and with real life things, at least for now. Yeah, I'm excited about it. The VR future is looking really nice. You know, coming from a filmmaking background, and, and this is this goes into VFX as well, one of my favorite uses that they, 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 they um, described is for pre-visualization before shooting a movie. The lab actually built virtual sets for Gareth Edwards, who's the director of the Rogue One, oh, sorry, of Rogue One, the anthology movie coming out after The Force Awakens. So he was able to visit, explore, and live in some of the sets for the movie before they were even built. And he described being there as real life, which, of course, is a huge compliment for the developers. Um, and they talked about the future, social use for the tech, and as they put it, they're basically trying to build a real-life matrix minus the whole machine domination thing. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of tech that I want to see evolving for filmmaking, though. And it will. And we're going to see some Cree, especially if I, if ILM, Skywalker Sound, and the Lucasfilm story group are behind it, we're going to see some crazy, crazy stuff coming out of there. Uh, this week, we put out a special about Alphabet, the company that was created by Larry Page and Sergey Brin, as a restructuring of the company. So pretty much an umbrella company with a bunch of different parts of Google, which makes it easier on investors and maybe, maybe consumers. I'm still not sold on that. Uh, that last part you know, is very debatable, of course. So since then, not much has changed. It's pretty much the same thing as when we first launched that special. <laughs> the Internet still feels, um, you know, like... It's a little confusing, but it makes perfect sense for investors and pretty much, you know, that's they're pretty happy considering the six percent spike in uh, increases for their, uh, an increase in their stock. So that's a, a pretty solid thing. Um, there was this funny little thing happening with the uh, Twitter handle Alphabet, which is apparently some dad that I don't know why he chose Alphabet. I guess there doesn't seem to be a reason for it, but he gained like four thousand followers <laughs> wow. and um also, Alphabet is in a domain that's owned by BMW for a division that they have or something. And, you know, so they don't have their own websites. It's a little weird, but I like the idea of not letting a .com or a Twitter handle manipulate your idea of changing the name of a company, which <laughs> is something that a lot of people say, hey, if you can't get a .com, don't do it, which I disagree with. I, because you disagree with it, I'll disagree with it, too. So that's it for the week, folks. Once again, I'm Sergio A.M. And I'm Ricky Kazan, reminding you to... Stick around for our Star Wars special. Yeah! The Force will be strong with that one. Now, if you want to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook and Google+. So check out the show description for those details as well. And finally, if you want to support the podcast and help us out, the best way is to subscribe and share. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or just manually by adding us to your favorite podcatcher through our RSS feed. To your friends, family, enemies, personal robotic butlers, anyone you can think of, we'd really, really appreciate it. We really would.